How's everybody this morning? Awesome. I'm going to make it short for you all, I think. Uh, when we were in the man's class, uh, Brother Roberts always says, well, how many pages do you have? And some say 12, some say 8, some say 20. I got four, and they're in big letters. <laughs> so it makes it almost two and a half. But as I was preparing for this, uh, Pastor Chris, uh, uh, Pastor Chris, uh, his, his, the reason he's not here, he's leaving for uh, Portland today for a conference up there for three days and just keep him in prayer that God will just bless him and, and fill him with more knowledge and more uh, uh, things for the church. Um, I'm blessed to, uh, to call him my son. Because we've been blessed. I've been blessed. My, my family and I have been blessed. And, and I bring this to, to y'all guys because as I was preparing for this, I was asking the Lord, what is it that you want me to talk about? What is it that you want me to say? I didn't want to share my testimony. I didn't want to do that. Uh, maybe someday I will. Some of you already know it. But this is where you brought me to. It has concerning on the day of Pentecost. It talks about the sons and daughters. If you get your Bibles, let's go to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. It should be up there in the screen. And I'm going to start with this scripture here. This is a prophecy that the prophet Joel gave almost hundreds of years before Jesus came into existence into the earth. And I thank you. <laughs> I got one person in the audience. <laughs> Is it up there? Let's read it together. It says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon my servants and upon the maidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. As I was reading that several years ago, years ago when I came to know the Lord, uh, I didn't understand it at the time. But then as, we as I continue to read the rest of the Bible, I came to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And if we can go there for those that have it, it's not very much in there, but there's a lot that comes out of it. I'm just, I'm just going to read it. I don't, think it's, I don't think I put it in the notes in there. I'm just going to read a few uh, verses from it. <clears throat> it says, uh, Acts chapter 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. In that one place, if, if you read the book of Acts 1, it tells you there were 120 people up there. They were up there waiting for the message. They were waiting for God's promises. They were waiting for the promise that Jesus told them, go and wait. And for those who do not know, Pentecost means 50. There was 50 days after Jesus had left that, that this happened. And I'm going to continue. It says, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were all sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire 
that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Of those 120 that were up there, it says that all of them got filled. And I'm not going to talk about what happened about the tongues and all that. I'm going to talk about what transpired from that. What exactly happened when they all got filled with the Holy Spirit? What exactly did they receive? What exactly happened to those 120 that, uh, that we just read the scripture, those, those sons and daughters that God talks about? Let me ask you a question. How many of you are sons? How many of you are daughters? So what does that tell me? That every single one is included in this passage. There's 120 up there with the very first 120 sons and daughters that God poured out his spirit upon. And out of that, transcribe everything came after that for us, the benefits that we're going to, as I'm going to go on, I'm going to, uh, as the Lord was showing me, with the things that came out of all of that. Because if you remember correctly, the spirit of the Lord fell upon all of them. And it says that, in, 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 if you continue to read the book of Acts, I encourage you to continue reading when you get home, that something happened to them personally, physically. Things were happening to them that they were, uh, it says some people were saying that they were drunk. Uh, people that were there for the festivities, for the festivals that were going on, they were from different countries, different nationalities. They spoke different languages. And every single one of them was hearing those 120 glorifying the Lord in their own language. They were glorifying God. They were actually speaking and, and glorifying the Lord in, in people's languages that were there, and, and people were amazed that these people were just ordinary people. These people that were up there only spoke one language, or maybe two. But what was happening there, what, what poured out, what the Lord poured upon them was the Spirit of God, and this was this and I believe that that particular day, not only was the Spirit upon it, but gifts were imparted upon them. And this is what I'm going to talk about. And it's not what we read in the book of Galatians. It's not what we read in, in, in other areas. But I'm going to read to you what Jesus spoke about in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah 61. I think I have that. And my, 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 my topic today, guys, is... I really believe God wants me to just speak about this so that we can stir up those gifts that are in us. Every single one has gifts. God has given us different gifts. God wants you to stir up those gifts that he's given you. God wants to, to use you. God wants to uh, 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 manifest himself to others through you. That's how special he thinks about you. There's a scripture that tells us that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a moment. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are a vessel that God wants to use. You are a vessel that God has already cre he created you from the beginning. You were born of your father and your mother, but he created you for him. And he created you that whenever you came to know him as Lord and Savior, you became his temple. He wanted to live in you. He wanted to deposit himself to you. 
And I believe that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, God deposits in us part of him that he wants us to show the world what he's all about. You're special to him. Every single one, young and old, you're special to him. There's a purpose that God has given you. Uh, if you continue, there's, if you read this, the word, if you ever read the word completely, there's a scripture that tells you, it says, he knows you by name. He knows your name. You know who you are. And somebody said it just recently that uh, uh, he even knows, and he said, you read in the scriptures, he knows every hair in your head. For some, somebody, I heard it recently, some might be 120,000. For some, it might be 85,000. For some, it might be zero. You know, I'm getting there. You know, I think I'm down to 65. I don't know. But that's the way God is. He knows everything about you. Because he created you. He created you in his image and likeness. He created you for a purpose. He created you for, for, for you to be, for him to be glorified through you. That's simple. Very simple. But as we continue to read, it tells us in the book of Timothy, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gifts of God which is in you through the lanes of my hands. If you read the book of Acts, there's, there's part, there's some, in some areas in, the, in chapter chapters where uh, the apostles went and laid hands on people and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. There's areas where you read that as they speak and as he's speaking, the Spirit fell upon them. So nobody laid hands on nobody. So like they say, God works in mysterious ways. People say, you got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. No, people, let's do it God's way and we'll never go wrong. Amen. You know, we cannot expect the same thing every time because he's different he's, he's the same he's what, the way he does doesn't match up to what we think Amen. he's got his own ways he's got his own plans and the, the, bad thing, the, the good thing about all of that is that the plans that he has they're all for us for you for us to benefit from it and these are the gifts that I want to talk about if you go to the uh, Of Isaiah chapter 61. I think I have that in the. Want to put it up there? It says here. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. To preach the good tidings. To the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives. And to, and to the opening of the prisons. To those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to consult those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for, for mourning, to the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he may be glorified. If you go to the beginning of that uh, I'm going to talk about here about he has anointed me. And Isaiah talks about it. And if you go to the book of Luke, chapter 4, Jesus reads the same scripture when he's in the temple. The same scripture. Fulfilling what the prophet Isaiah was saying 
And this is, this is what really, uh, uh, I don't know how true this is. If you continue to read this passage, it says later on in that passage that it says Jesus, after he finished reading the gospel, he said he gave back the book to, his, to the attendants and he sat down. He says, the whole people will fasten unto him and glorify him. And he said unto them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I heard years ago that, this, that, that, that the passage where it says that people's eyes were just fastened upon Jesus. That he sat down. How true it is, I don't know. But they say that in that temple, they had picked a chair that was set aside for when the Messiah would come, that would be his place. And what I was heard, what like I said, like, like, like what I... Like I said, I don't know if how true this is. They were saying that Jesus sat on that chair to fulfill Scripture. He was the Messiah. He accomplished what he said. He read what he said, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, the same Spirit that's going to set free everything that we just read. And I'll go into details in a minute. Put yourself in Jesus' position and say to yourself as a believer and if your spirit fill, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So what does that make you? Christ-like. It makes you Christ-like. Just the way Jesus performed on this earth by doing miracles, by opening the eyes of the blind, by restoring health by restoring uh, 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 relationships, that's the gifts that God has given you. You want to go back to that scripture? Uh, right there, that's good. It says to bring good tidings to the poor. This is one of the gifts that God has given us, guys, to be ministers of the word. If you heard Pastor uh, uh, Travis last week about he's given us the gift of reconciliation, of bringing people to the place where God wants us to be, a place where we can be reconciled back to the Lord. Because in reality, guys, if, if we do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are far apart from God. We have, no part in his, we have no part in what God has given us. Because the Lord tells us, plain and clear, in, 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 uh, his word tells us that if you deny me, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, that if you deny me before man, I will deny you before my Father and the angels. And it's very sad to hear that, guys, that every time that we reject the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what we're doing. We're setting apart. We're, we'll continue to be separated from God, every single one of us. And the gift that's in you now, those that know Jesus and have believed in him, is for us to go out and bring them to the place of salvation, to bring them to the place of reconciliation back to God. This is where God has imparted upon you the gifts of, of just being a person like you, somebody you were, I think someone was saying this morning, about just being God, being Jesus to someone. 
being someone that through your actions, through the way you are, I don't know who it was, Brother Mike was saying it this morning, about being present there for someone that's in need. That's part of ministry. That's part of, that's part of Christ in you. People will know Christ through you when we love them, when we care for them, when we acknowledge them when they're hurting. How many of you people know, how many of you have people that are hurting, that are, that are burdened, that are going through oppression, or, or being oppressed, or being just depressed, period, because of the, the way things are in, in their lives? I think we all know somebody. Amen. Every single one of us knows somebody about that. And it's our, and it's our job, and it's our responsibility to bring them the good news. And the good news that what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is the answer. In Spanish, we say, Jesus es la respuesta. Jesus is the answer for you. Jesus is the answer for those that are hurting. Because uh, I believe that many people, even now, uh, through medical and all that, uh, or, or, or on medication. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'd rather be free from medication than be bound to something that's going to have to depend on. I want to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ to, for my healer. I want to depend that whenever I go and talk to somebody, I'm going to believe that God is going to be there for them. God is going to show up for them in their own special way. Because every one of you here has a story. Every one of you has a testimony. Everyone here can stand up here and share your testimony because you're not here by accident. Some of you might be. Some of you probably were dragged in here. You don't have to show yourself, okay? But the, the, matter is, the fact of the matter is this. You're here. You're here to hear. Whether you receive it or not, that's between you and the Lord. But the Lord keeps telling me, plant the seed. Plant a seed. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were at uh, uh, Chatters. We went to eat at Chatters. And as we were coming out, there was this man, and my wife says, do you have any money for him? And I said, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't know he was asking for money. And I don't think she knew it, but you just felt that he needed something. And as they walked away, excuse me, the man sat down there in front of the Chatters by the, this like, uh, little brick wall that's there. And I went up to him, and I gave him what I had. And I asked him, I said, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He looks at me and says, I think so. And I said, why don't we make sure? He said, would you like to rededicate yourself to the Lord? He said, yes. We prayed right there in the middle of chatters for him. Why, guys? Why, why does this happen? I really believe that as when we study the word and we get into prayer and we fast and we gather together and pray together, something happens in us that it's already in us. We just automatically work together. Like I said, the Lord used my wife to notice that man. And the Lord used me to go and give him what I, what, he, what I thought, you know, like I said, he wasn't asking for money. He didn't physically or verbally say, 
you, can you give me something? He didn't. He just went and sat down. But I was already instructed by my wife to go do what I needed to do. And I obeyed. And the result was that. That God opened that door to, for us to minister to this young man, this man that was there. Like I said, I don't know where he came, what he, he was going through, what needed to be done. It might have been an angel. I don't know. But when we prepare ourselves, guys, to do the work of God, he will use you. He will use you where you, you realize it or not. Uh, he, people, when you minister to people, uh, uh, other people are listening. Other people are listening to you. The way you talk, the way you answer, the way you handle yourself. There was something that Brother Mike really, really stood out for me this morning. Brother Mike uh, uh, spoke this morning in our man's class. He was saying absence is, absence, being absent does not build relationships. When we're absent from each other, when we're absent from the Lord, we cannot build a relationship with him. When we're separated from each other, as a married couple, you were saying, Pastor Nate, you know, you know each other. You spend time together. Our brothers and sisters here that have brothers and sisters, when you're all together, you know each other. You know your moods. You know uh, what, what, how they're going to act, how they're going to react. As husbands and wives, we know how our wives are going to respond to certain things. Uh, they know how you're going to respond to certain things. But there's the connection. You're there. And that connection with us, with Christ, is that we need to spend time with him so that we can be able to be, be able to preach the gospel, to help go help somebody that's brokenhearted. I know many of us have been brokenhearted at one, one time or another. Somebody hurt you. Somebody put you in a place where you were just grieving inside of hurt, hurting. But then you came to know Jesus. And he lifted that up from you. That burden. He heals you. He heals you. And that's what God wants you to do. To go heal people. There's the physical part of healing. There's the inner part of healing. And there's also the spiritual part of healing. All of them combined together. We have one source that can do it. It's Jesus. Jesus. He's anointed us, guys. He, he wants us to be stirred up. He wants us to be able to proclaim the liberty to those that are captive. We all know people that are, and I'm not like, let's talk for people that are incarcerated. Uh, they're, they're there for a reason. But I really believe there's more people in prison outside the prison walls than there are inside, spiritually. And this is where you and I come in. You and I are the, word, are the words that can set them free. You're the one that God wants to use to set people uh, pr free. He wants, you, he wants you to be that one. He wants you to be, like somebody said it years ago. I can't remember who it was. It was said here years ago. People want to see Jesus in the flesh. Would you like to be that person? Would you like to be that person? Will, will people call upon you? 
for prayer or they need something maybe you can help them out or maybe you know somebody that can help them out but I believe guys that every one of us has been appointed to to be Christ like you're on earth you know he gives us he gives us many opportunities guys for us to minister uh, uh, I'm a firm believer that ministry is outside these four walls okay our ministry the harvest is outside these four walls outside your house it's the ministry outside your workplace and even sometimes in your workplace you, you need to minister there but I believe as you pray yourself and you get as the word tells us to be ready in season and out of season I believe every single one of us as we get closer and closer to the Lord, as we, as we read the word, as we study the word, as we fellowship together, I believe that we're going to grow together to be what God wants us to be. To be the place, at the place where God wants you to be. Not where we think we should be. I'd rather be out there ministering to someone than being in here and just be here, doing nothing. There's a lot of hurting people up there. There's a lot of people out there that, that are, are, are in need of someone. They're, they're, they're out of hope. They've reached a point where they've reached their limit. They even some have reached the point where they, they want to commit suicide. We've had some people like that. We've had some friends that, that have got to that point where they, they want it in it all. They can't. They can't they, can't take, they cannot take what's going on in their lives. And I remember one particular person that it just, to us, it was the, the hardest thing for us to do when we get a call that this person is trying to take their life away. And we go, and this person is there with a gun in their hand. And all we could do, I guess, was just sit there with them and listen to them and then pray with them and pray that God Lord remove those ugly thoughts from their mind remove the lie of the enemy from their minds because everything that the enemy throws at us are lies everything but everything all the good that God has he, he twists everything around so that he can grab us and hold us to uh, captives and and, and throw you down, in other words. He, he, he wants to destroy you. What does that word says? The enemy comes to what? And destroy. That's his motive. That's, that's, his, that's his, his mission. He wants to destroy every single one of us. He doesn't want us to be joyful. He doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't want us to uh, celebrate our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to even mention the name of Jesus. Why is it, guys, that throughout sanctuaries, the, uh, the name of Jesus has always been mocked or tried to kept out from the, from the public? Why? Because there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. He says, every knee shall bow. 
Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And this is where you come in, where you and I come in as ambassadors for Christ, as God's workmanship, as, as the word tells us in Ephesians 2.10, and as Brother Robert says, is you're God's masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. Created for his works. Created to represent him here on earth. Created to bring forth joy and peace and happiness to those that are lost, to those that are without hope, to those that are crying out, where do I go? What shall I do? And all you can say, let's come to Jesus. This is where we stand as sons and daughters of the Lord, to be a son to someone, to be a daughter to someone, whether you're an older person, younger person, that's your responsibility. That's our responsibility. To get, to get to that point where there is nothing left around you, but there's people that are already doing the same thing that you're doing. When you disciple someone, guys, I really believe that God blesses them. And, and, and you know, we talk about Elijah getting the double portion, double portion and all that. I really believe that the portion that he's given us is sufficient to do what he wants us to do. He's equipped you. He's empowered you. But he wants those gifts to be stirred up in you. He wants to have a, for you to have a hunger for the lost, to be stirred up again, to restore that love that you once had. Maybe you lost that love yourself. Maybe you're not that, at that place where you when you came to know the Lord, how I many of you can remember the day when you came to know the Lord? You were all happy, you were ministering, you were quoting scriptures here and there, and then boom, what happens? It stops. Right? It stops. You're not doing the same thing anymore. You're not as joyful as you used to be. When people are talking about scriptures, you... You don't participate anymore. Why? The word tells us that Jesus told the church, he said, I know your good works. I know what you've done. I know what you're doing. But I have one thing against you. You lost your first love. I can actually tell you that I got, I got to a point where I did lose my first love. And it took me a while to get back there. But the Lord told me, and I read in Revelations, it says, go back where you started. Do the first thing. And what was that? Number one, repent. Repent, Lord, forgive me. I lost my way. I didn't really lose my way. I'd lost my eyesight by keeping my eyesight focused on you. And we all need to go back to it. I'm doing it a, a more often now where every morning I say, Lord, let this day be a new day with you. Create in me a new heart. Create something in me today that will impact somebody today. I don't want to be part of this world and, and not have, it do, uh, have an impact on them. But I want to make sure the impact that I do is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, for them to come to know the Lord Jesus. And I'm here to tell you guys, 
It's for every one of us, young and old. Prepare yourself. Get yourself together. Get closer to the Lord. If you feel kind of dry, refresh yourself with the Lord. Refresh yourself with the Word. Refresh yourself with worship. I love worship. Is Josh here? Can, can you come to the keyboard? There's a song I want to sing. I hope we can play it. It's very simple. It's a simple hallelujah. Something happens when, when, when we sing that. Because we start out in the natural when we start singing it. But then something inside changes. Your spirit grips a hold of it. And then your spirit unites with the spirit of God. And something happens. It's been known, guys, that people that, that have sung, have, you know, whether they're singing it just for whatever, they start singing it. But after they sing it about three or four times, something changes. We sing a song here, when Jesus appears, the atmosphere changes. I believe that's what happens. Our innermost being changes. And the Spirit of God takes over. And it directs you to the throne of God. And that's where I want to be. That's where I would like for you all to be with me. At the throne of God. As you go up to the mountaintop, you remember what happened when Moses was up there. He says he came down full of the glory of God. His face was glowing with his presence, and he didn't even know it. I believe this is what God has for us. He wants us to come to the mountaintop and remain there with him. And as we come down to minister, the glory of God will be manifested as the word comes out of you, as you minister to people, as you nurture people, as you bring them to a place of hope, a place of rest, a place of joy, a place of peace that only God can give. But we have to introduce him to Jesus. Simple. How simple is it? You know him. Now introduce him to them. Share your testimony to someone. Share the testimony that maybe nobody has heard. A testimony that God will use. He says, we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because when we lift up the name of Jesus, he says he will draw all men unto him. As you, lift up the, as you lift up Jesus, the one that got you out of darkness, the one that grabbed you when you were at the bottom of that hole where you felt like there was nothing left, he picked you up. He picked you up and carried you. He says, I'm here. I know you. Come here. Come. Grab a hold of my head. And as we grab a hold of his hand, guys, don't let go. Bring people to that place. They're in the pit. You be Jesus to them. You help them out.
you pick him up. You let him come to that place that only God knows what they have for them. It might be their last day. But God wants to use you. He's already empowered you.